What piece of advice do you wish you'd have had 10 years ago? The biggest piece, piece of advice I would have wished I'd had is to bring all of myself into a role. And what I mean by that is that paid search, digital marketing, some people might look at the industry and think, oh, it's maybe it's for nerds or it's for creatives or it's for this kind of person, that kind of person. And I think that because paid search and digital needs a whole bunch of kinds of people, we need the thinkers, the strategic people, the people who are, will just do and test things. You know, we need the creators. We do need the nurse, the data people, the people who have a bit of a flair. You know, we need a whole variety of characteristics and even like degrees. That's something I've, I've had discussions about as to what degree did you do before getting into digital? You'd be surprised at the variety that there is in there. So don't ever disqualify yourself because you think that you don't fit the the right you know narrative of what it takes to be a digital bring yourself bring the best parts of yourself and anything that you're missing out on you can learn as you go brilliant thank you for that that's a really, a really good introduction because i think marketing if any subject needs people of different backgrounds and different thinkers and different skills it's got to be marketing right we're a people discipline in the end we're about people trying to reach other people to make yes. them take an action so if we don't get that we're missing out hugely. Hey up and welcome to the strategy sessions. My name is Andy Jarvis. I am the host of the show and the strategy director at Eximo Marketing. The voice you just heard to start with is Anu Adibola. Anu is this guest on today's episode. It's episode number two of season four and also the second in our Black History Month mini-series. Anu is a search consultant with Mindswan PPC. It's her consultancy where she works with companies to basically help them sell more stuff, right? But she's also a community builder. She's founded PPC Live, London's only dedicated PPC event. And she's also got a podcast which kind of rounds up the hashtag PPC chat um, discussion, which used to be kind of big on Twitter before Twitter, well, disappeared and became X, but went rubbish. And also it's now on Slack. And we talk about that in a minute. So, well, you don't really need to hear any more from me, do you? That's it. You know who that is. You know who I am. So I'll shut up and let's get back to the interview. So welcome to the strategy sessions. Um, Anu, thank you for joining me. Um, how do you describe yourself? Because you are a, a PPC expert, you're a speaker, you're a community activist, um, or a community founder, maybe is a better description of that. Yeah. But if somebody was to meet you in, in a lift and you were to say, okay, my name's you know, Anu Adibola, what, who am I? What would you say next? I'd say I'm someone who likes learning about people and bringing people together. Um, and I think that's really manifested itself in the in my activities in the past couple of years. Um, I, I, I like hearing discussions and different people's points of views about topics. Um, and I never like putting myself in a box of this is who I am and that's it. I like, I've loved seeing how I've evolved in different roles, in different, in the way in, in paid search and realizing that I can define what I want to do. Um, so yeah, I, I, I love learning about people. I love being in different environments. I don't like being bored. 
And so if you look at my CV, you'll see that clearly because I've moved around quite a bit in different roles. Um, I've gone from agency and to in-house and I've worked at, you know, a few marketing tech companies now. And I love it. I, you know, the, the traditional trajectory of, of, of the career path of most mm-hmm. marketing people, you know, they've stayed in agency, I've gone from junior, mid-level, senior, and, you know, they're going to be the CMO of a, of a company at that kind of point. I have just defined myself and made sure that I'm, I'm, I'm happy where I am and where I see my motivation dipping, I look for my next opportunity. I look for, even if it means creating it, which is yeah. what I've done lately. I love that. Now I'm going to let my bias come galloping out of me and right across the, the this video call that we're doing. Um, and I'm going to say uh, my, my first controversial statement of the day. I wasn't expecting somebody who is a PPC expert, uh, a, you know, a Google ads expert to say, I'm a people person because most, most, I, again, you can hear my bias. Most ads experts love the computer and, dislike the people element of it i'm hugely generalizing just just to get the conversation going a little bit but it it is you know ads and google ads particularly is a discipline that involves spending a lot of time looking at a screen looking at data uh it's one of the reasons i'm hopeless at it and never get involved in it right because i love being out there and talking to the people and and doing the thing so do you find there's a tension in that in loving the people element of it but you know spending a lot of time just stuck with data reports you know all that sort of stuff yeah no i i i don't know whether there's, the, there's a tension or just i've i've evolved with it over time i would say that one of the biggest things that attracted me to paid search was um the the that interview that i had with my first ppc role they were like yeah do you like microsoft excel and my eyes lit up <laughs> and i was like <laughs> you are gonna pay me to play with excel all day Hell yeah. Be still my, my beating heart. <laughs> <laughs> no, right. I'm like, yes, finally, finally, I found my people. Um, so yeah, there's, because I would also say as much as I, you know, I like hearing and, you know, chatting with people, um, people can be in a, a drain on energy as well. And sometimes, you're, you know, right. <laughs> you oh, know. Listen, yeah. And yeah. Listen, and, and there are, when you are consulting, you can't pick and choose. Like with with your friends, you can pick and choose who you spend your time with and who you draw your energy from and put energy into. Yeah. When you're consulting and you're having to manage the client expectations and that difficult guy, and it's always a difficult guy. It's it? a difficult. Um, yeah. Always <laughs> difficult people. And, you know, you come out at the end of the day and you're just completely rinsed out. But, yeah. you know, that's uh, people are complex aren't we people, difficult people, interesting people Fun. are complex i've been like and data i actually i'd say data is easy you just need to figure out know what you're looking for and know mm-hmm. how to know what to work with it make sure you have the right tools in place it's pulling the data put the levers in place to pull mm-hmm. it like you cannot know what your conversions are what, what your conversions are really saying unless you put conversion tracking in place so as long as you put the levers in place to make sure you're tracking the right thing Data can be very easy. So, you know, sometimes when my day is just looking at the data, I might, my brain just says, oh, this is going to be an easy day. Just easy yeah. flow day, just behind the computer, just dealing on the laptop. That's it, yeah. Um, and um, so, yeah, I, I think I mix, I like the mix. Again, if I did data 24-7, I'd find that boring. If mm-hmm. I did 
dealing with people and only 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 doing community building 24 7 i find that energy sucking to the point where i'm like oh i hate this i'm not going to do this anymore so i do a mix of both i like doing the mix of both for sure i am um, i i say it to my wife a lot of the time and she works for a company so doesn't have the um the privilege of being able to do this but i use the phrase i manage my energy not my time yeah. and they're like i'm the only person in this consultancy so when i'm busy I'm busy and that can mean really long days sometimes and it can mean weekend work and evening work and stuff that I wouldn't force on anyone else but I'm doing it because it's me yeah but when I'm quiet uh, you know or even not when I'm quiet even when I am busy I'm sometimes like right I'm going to the gym it's 1am yeah. no, not 1am sorry 1pm <laughs> yeah. I'm going to the gym at 1am I'm not that <laughs> stupid but you know it's like it's 1pm I'm going to do two hours I'm going for a run or my favorite, if I've got a problem, I, I just go for a walk. I live by the yeah. sea and I'm like, hey, I've got to solve this problem. I'm going to go and walk by that. the sea for an hour. And you can see her looking at me when she's working from home going, so you're going for a walk and this is client billable work. You have like, time now. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to think. I'm going to be thinking about their problems, strategizing in my head. It's absolutely. The best ideas do not come when you're sat behind a computer. It doesn't. No, no, they just don't. They just don't. That's not how the brain works. So you, you know, yeah. you get out and and you do the thinking. So yeah, I, I love doing that. Yeah. Um. So before we we geek out entirely and talk about the ones and zeros and the data and, and the PPC stuff, let's talk about some of the people elements of what you do because it's it's yeah. much more comfortable ground for me at least. Sure. Um, so you started PPC Live, which is a community for well the PPC community. Yes, but too, yes. Tell us a little bit about that. What was behind it and why did you think let's set up an event? Because it's not usually a get rich quick scheme, is it? If you go for that. Oh, it is not a garage scheme. I've seen companies who I, I reckon, you know, are making good money, good revenue. And then, so they have good money to invest in an event who have gone, this is not working out. And, you know, so yeah, talk less of a one person who going, Hey, I don't know. Let's see, see what people are going to give me to help me help put this event together. Um, no, it was, it was, it was more of like one of those things where, I started doing something before my brain caught up. I was like, are we really doing this? Um, <laughs> like I was, I was at an SEO event and something I will caveat. I love coming to SEO events. I'm, I, I, I go to Brighton SEO on a regular mm -hmm. basis. Um, I can't believe I've not gone to a reach of Wally's, you know, women in tech SEO yet. Yeah, I yeah, will yeah. be there next I, year. I won't, but you know, a superb <laughs> event, no a brilliant community. Yeah, a Amazing brilliant community. community there. Um, and like in April of last year, 2022, I was at Joe Turnbull's, um, SEO London event mm -hmm. that she runs like a meetup as well that she does every few months. And. I loved it. I was hanging out with friends, learning more stuff about, you know, SEO. And and as, as I was walking by, I, I spoke to one of my friends, Chima. You know Chima. She's, uh, she's yeah, absolute legend. <laughs> Amazing legend. Uh, I, I went to her and I was like, oh, where's the PPC version of this? I like, you know, there should be a PPC version of it. And she looked at me and said, yes, Anu, you're the PPC person. Why are you asking me? Like, <laughs> And I was like, and sometimes the answer is really obvious, isn't it? It's here, but you can't see it yeah, right in front of your face. So someone points it out and they're like, oh, well, another brilliant lady is doing it on her own back for SEO. And I thought, why can't I? Can't be that hard. It is hard. I wouldn't advise it. <laughs> <laughs> it is not easy. 
but it is, you have to be a certain kind of person. I feel like I am that certain kind of person who I used my network. I must say, loved the network I've built on LinkedIn and Twitter and, you know, got people advising me, people, you know, referring sponsors to me, even if they couldn't sponsor and just the amazing support, even like I've got set up a buy me a coffee account and people have put money into that as well to support. And like, it's, it's just something I dared to do and it worked. It stuck. I did the first one and, you know, loads of people showed up. And the second one and the third one, the fourth one, I feel like, you know, the novelty wore out, you know, and maybe it was like, we had just like the core, maybe 20, 30 people that showed up, but still I gave it my all. And we've got some, I'm now going to be announcing like partners that really want to invest based on that whole, I gave it my all, no matter the audience size of it. So, you know, there's, there's potential for this and there's nothing else like it. It is London's only, you know, PPC networking event that exists at the moment. So it's crazy to say that there's only one in London and, uh, you know, it's wild. It's ridiculous. Now, this episode is going out on Tuesday, the 10th of October. Can you tell us who your partners are? Um, I'd rather say not yet. <laughs> that's okay. Sorry. I was only trying to get a sneak peek. I was gonna, I was gonna then break the embargo and let you know. No, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. But um, you know, building communities is, is tough work, right? And you know, running mm-hmm. events is tough around mm-hmm. your, your full time day job. But when you put those people together in a room, you know, you said, oh, only thirty people. 30 people gave up their evening to come to an event that you put on, you know, take the word only out of that. Right. I think it's fantastic that people did that. And every great event started, most great events, sorry, started as a small event. Got to Brighton SEO. Their strap line is we've come a long way from a room above a pub. Oh, Bob. Yeah. Right. You know, so you you have to build from somewhere. So I, I think it's great that people get off the backside and go and do these things and that you've done it. And, if you've got someone else who's kind of thinking, I'd love to start a community for me, or what advice would you give to them about that? You know, whether it's a PPC community in their area or their what you know, email marketing or whatever. What advice would you say that you've learned over the last you know year or two since starting? It is an overused and oversaid um, like phrase that that oh, I hope I don't butcher it, but like you know, something trying out something before it's perfect is better than nothing like you know mm-hmm. like trying out with something i have evolved so many times with the different events i've run and sometimes i think back oh my god if i knew now what i knew at my first event that first event would have been much better but it doesn't matter the first event is going to look different from the second and third and fourth and fifth you'll get better um so trying out whatever you've got, whatever resources you've got at the end of the day, what you need is a location, maybe at least a minimum of one speaker that's willing to give Mm -hmm. up their time um, and event bright to sell your tickets, whether it's free or you want to put a price tag on it. Um, And then, you know, maybe some funds, you know, to, to push into it. And, and this kind of community stuff, loads of companies want to be involved in it. Um, someone I know up in, who, who's up north wants to start a PPC event and you know Microsoft are like yeah sure we'd love to partner with that we'll give you our location for free kind of thing because loads of these big big companies 
they have a lot of bureaucratic issues from being able to just mm -hmm. do an event so quickly. So if you have one person who's like, don't worry, I'll organize everything. Just give me a location. Just give me a venue, venue spot that we can yeah. use. Because those can be very expensive. Like people who's like, you know, the companies who sell their venue spaces, that can be expensive. So it's like, if you just partner with like a company who's, you know, you look on this website, if they're, if they're talking about, oh, we'd like to, we love our community. We want to do more of our community. Those are the kind of people you target and say, hey, one way of loving the community is give us a, a space to have this kind of event going on. So don't worry about you. You're not an event organizer. You are not 100% sure how things are going to run from A to Z. There is um, loads of you, you can start and you can learn from that first event. And one, one of the best advices I was given by this guy called Georgia, who runs Sheffield DM. I don't know if you know of them. Yeah, well. yep, spawn there. Yeah, evolved. Yeah, amazing. Um, not evolved, evoluted. Sorry. Even they're part of evoluted, evoluted. All right. Um, and yeah, because he he was one, was one of the first people I spoke. And I was like, Georgia, I'm thinking of doing something like this in London. What do you think? He's like, do it. If you don't like it, you stop it. Like it's it's no one. It's no It's not the end of the world. It's not the end yeah. of the world if you try something and you didn't like it and you just, you know, go, oh, well, that didn't work out. Lots of people have done that. It's not been the end of the world. You move to another path of something. Like, try something. Something that we say about a big thing in paid search is test and learn. Test something mm -hmm. and learn. Don't just do a hypothesis of this will not work. Test it out. If it works, great. If it doesn't work, you learn something. You learn something about what to do or what not to do. And that's what you need to do in events. Yeah. Test it. It's uh, sometimes you win, sometimes you learn. That you yeah. know, that's a, a great little phrase overused by a manager I had 15 years ago, but you know, it it stuck with me because he's he was right on that one thing at least. Absolutely. Anyway. Um, so you run PPC events, but that also uh, comes from the fact that you've worked in paid media for a little while, right? And you also have a podcast about PPC. If you're I watching did. the video, just over your left shoulder, there's a little PPC chat. Yeah, uh, there, there you go. Is. There you go. <laughs> um, so yeah, but if you're not watching, there's a link in the show notes. You can click and go and find the podcast. So Tell us about the podcast as well. And why is it the sec your second favorite marketing podcast after this one? <laughs> of course, of course. Um, well, PVC Chats was born out of this great, um, well, it used to be a Twitter conversation that used to happen every week. Twitter kind of has been having issues. Let's not even go into that. That's uh, I mean, a listen, I, I'm episode. going further. I'm going further. I am um, marketers love declaring things dead, right? Twitter's dead. And not just because it's rebranded to X, right? I open the app, I look at it, it's a holy mess, and then I close it, and I'm like, what happened to this platform? What happened? What happened? So many potential, so much potential. It's a shit show, absolutely. was show. a bit. So we now have it on our Slack. We have the Slack discussion that happens mm -hmm. every week, Tuesdays, 5 p.m. UK time. And especially when it was happening like a couple of years ago, it was really brilliant for me. For me, it was a personal connection because when COVID hit, all of a sudden we're stuck in our houses. I wasn't having PPC conversations with anybody, you know, mm -hmm. anymore really. And I was just desperate for that outlet and PPC chat gave that to me. Um, loads of great, um, great, great marketers on there, PPC experts on there. A lot of them from the US led by a lady called um, Julie Bacini and she'll lead a one hour chat where she'll ask about five or six questions and 
whenever you answer, when it was on Twitter, whenever you answer, as long as you put in the hashtag PPC chat in your answer, you are in the discussion. Mm -hmm. And we just talked about everything, get into PPC, whether you want to talk at conferences, how you do bit, bit strategies, add copy stuff, the whole variety, great conversations that we were having. Um, and yeah, one of, after one of the chats, somebody was like, oh no, I missed it. I wish there was a way of someone just recording this and you know, I could just go back and do it. I might be like the light bulb. You could just see a light bulb go over my head going, well, I know I love, I love mm -hmm. to talk. I love to talk which was probably clear already from this episode i was like why don't you do the roundup and then give your point of view in some of these questions that julie's asking and that's 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 how it hit off we've hit like i've hit like 263 episodes because it's like yeah week in week out julie's very and it was as you must know with when you start a podcast you need to be able to know that you're your, you know, the topics are going to keep coming. Your ideas for topics are going to keep flowing. Mm -hmm. I've pretty much just relied on Julie on that. She's been amazing. Like Julie just one has to come up with, like, as, you, as I've said, over 200 topics to talk about. And so I just record those, those episodes. I give my point of view um, on the questions she's asking and yeah, wrap it up in a 30 to 40 minute episode per week. No, I, look, I love to talk, right? And uh, as my mum would say, I could probably talk to myself in an empty phone box, right? But I couldn't well, podcast. That is what I do. I do talk to myself in an empty phone box. But trying to, you know, if you were doing, I, I have nothing but respect for people who do solo podcasts and knock out an episode a week or two a week. And you're like, really? I mean, it's just a lot it, of work. It, so. just, it just came, you need to have a system. You need to have a mm -hmm. system that you know is going to work for you and also be kind to yourself so i will admit there could be a lot more than 263 episodes there's some episodes that i've skipped either because i've decided hey i need a holiday or <laughs> i i just i'm just not feeling like it today um but that has been very few and far between and um uh, so because yeah with, with podcasts you know to keep your audience going and interested you need to you know, keep showing up and set the, you know, rise to the expectations that you set. Um, but I, I, for me, it's a schedule Tuesday evening, Wednesday morning is dedicated mm -hmm. to PPC chat roundup. You know, I know I'm either going to be recording it. I've got tools that really help me with quick editing. Sometimes I've brought help on to help me with the editing. You know, I, you've, I've got tools like, yeah, it used to be Anchor, but now Spotify bought them. So yeah. pod, Spotify podcast. Spotify for podcasters. Yeah. For podcasters, right? Yeah, you know, and you know, they are, they make that simple. I put it on, <laughs> on one platform, it gets distributed across all the different platforms. So I had a system for someone who does that something that frequently, and if you're going to do something that consistent, you need to have a system. So my last kind of people question, you take all your PPC knowledge, and you move it onto the stage and you talk at events about this. So not just the events you, you, you organize, but you, you talk. How do you communicate? I, I'm fascinated because I, I talk about, when I talk at conferences, I talk about big picture stuff. I talk about people and kind of how people work and, and that sort of thing. I don't get too technical into marketing. Mm -hmm. I'm always amazed and astounded when I see really great SEO and paid presentations that managed to tell the story of what happens without getting into the weeds of it, because it, as a subject, it is really easy to get into the weeds of yeah. like into the accounts and down to the micro detail. But when you watch a presentation like that coming from the stage, 
it's just really difficult to follow and sends most people to sleep. So what? how do you sort of take a complex subject and break it up, present it back to people? How do you do that when you're speaking at events? To be fair, for those that have managed to do, those of us that do it, I would say it's a skill. I, I, I won't shy away of saying that. It's a, it's a skill. It's a great skill. And I'll pat myself on the back a little bit there and saying that I'm, I'm grateful that I've got that skill. And, and it takes a lot of preparation. And that's why I'm like, you know, speakers, unsung heroes. And I'm very grateful, like, you know, to all the speakers that have come to PPC Live UK. And I try to show them that gratitude by, you know, taking them for dinner or, you know, taking them for lunch or, or, or giving them like a little swag pack, you know, because it takes preparation. It takes, you will write a, a first draft, second draft, third draft, fourth draft of your presentation <laughs> going, you know, and then, well, you know, what I do is that my first draft will, will be jargon full and will be loads. And I'll, and then I'll look at it from a audience of like, if I was a client, let's say doing client relations and I was the client looking at this presentation, will I be able to follow it? If the answer mm -hmm. is no, I start scrapping things. I start, you know, you know, formalizing things. One thing I would do, give a shout out to Brighton SEO and what they do is amazing with like the speakers. They give them speaker training, but they also give them like guidelines of what the presentation should look like, of like, don't go deep into like having 20 bullet points on one slide. You know, don't like bullet points. You know the bullet points. <laughs> we hate it, right? You know, you know, be picture heavy. This is a presentation, you know, people are more visual, like, you know, you show a graph or show a nice picture. We're in the world of memes. Put it through a meme to put, you know, express what you're trying to say. At the end of the day, you want people to listen to you and not be reading your slides. And so that's one thing, I've one, 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 one thought process and advice that I always keep in my head. You want people listening to you and not reading your slides. So... You must be the kind of person that knows your the topic you've chosen inside out to the point where you can write one word on a slide and you'll know what to say. And you'll know that you'll know how to tell the story and you'll know how to, you know, take the, the audience's mind on a journey and, you know, go through that. So it's not about what you put on the slides. It's knowing your, the topic that you're going to talk about, you know, inside out so that even when you prepare, you can even go on tangents and you, you know how to go on tangents and bring yourself back because you know the topic so well and you know how to take that audience on a journey. Brilliant. Uh, I love the, the advice I, I was given and I give to people, you are the presentation. Absolutely. If you've got slides, whatever behind you, that, that's a supporting act for you. You're the presentation. If the slides don't work, you're still there. Present, go for it. And then yeah. that's just when you need to use it for a certain reason. So no, I, yeah. I, I love that kind of humanize it. Big fan yeah, of that. Humanize it. So as we get out of humans and into robots, right? The paid yeah. ad world has changed hugely in the last decade, as lots of things have. And 10 years ago, people using AI, not AI tools even then, were they, but using automation in paid accounts were probably relatively unusual and often frowned upon maybe. It was like, what are they doing? Now it's the other way around, I think. What, you know, what's changed in that decade and, and what's your view on, is it a good thing or, you know, what's happened there? What has changed into people being more like they want to you do automation or it's okay to do automation? Is that, is that what we're trying to get to? Um, 
I'm 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 personally glad people finally caught up. I've been pro automation from the beginning. I I'd always like to call myself a lazily efficient person because if I can do something in half the time, I'd rather do it in half the time. Like I was speaking to a friend over the weekend, Billy Gina. She she's also big name in the in the SEO community and she was like I'd rather spend like you know a day or even 30 hours creating a template that will allow me to do something regularly and it will take me five minutes well that that thing that task I now need to do regularly and that's that's me to a T as well and so I don't like you know in, in paid search world changing bid strategies and doing manual changing for the bid from 60 pence to 70 pence and when you start getting big accounts and because that's the dream especially if you're an agency or or even as a as a consultant you you want to get that big account that you know gives you a lot of budget that really allows you to make the most of google ads and its account so that means you're dealing with loads of keywords loads of different campaigns you know trying to manage that you know, manually without using automation is a waste of your knowledge and waste of your capability and it's a waste of the client's budget, you know, and, and their management fee, what they're paying you. So it's all about finding the best way of using automation. And, and that's the key. It's not just about using automation. It's about finding the best way of using automation that will work for your account because it's a not one it's not a one size fits all it's not a set it and forget it you know solution you know you still need to teach it a lot of things because there's very much a garbage in garbage out system as well um so yeah it takes a lot of teaching the automation what it needs to be doing well and making sure you're keeping an eye on it where it can help a lot with the heavy lifting but the role of the person in managing that has still not disappeared, though. It, it's, it's changed, not, it's evolved, but it's still not. It's still there. It is still there. I mean, you know, I, like people are still. We're talking about how Google might change a lot of, you, you know, the way the search, how the, the way that Google ads are. We're going to have to do Google ads and do do paid search, and how you know you won't be able to bid on a keyword, and how that's not too long to go. But I always, I genuinely think how we, how quickly that comes about is very much an it depends. Even with the likes of like Chat GPT, they don't. They, something that is not going to be new information to anybody listening to this is that their information is not up to date. It's about two mm -hmm. years late. Pretty much everybody knows that. So how about the information that is new today? Talk less of the fact that it's still trying to catch up with the two years information in a year's time. Will it really know the information that creates got created today? Um, I don't know. So, and I also think even with like, you know, SGE, you know, search generative mm -hmm. experience kind of thing, people like going to be searching using like all these phrases and everything. I don't know. Every once in a while, I still just search for Ryan Reynolds. I don't necessarily know what I'm searching for. <laughs> I just tried. Ryan Reynolds, probably. You uh, know, it's, 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 it's a short term. We are still going to be doing the short term of like, you know, like recipe for cake, recipe for, you know, lemon, you know, tart, you know, like we're still going to do the short phrase term searches as well, I think. One of one of my favorite things on busy public transport is looking over the people's shoulders and looking at how they're using their phone. Not for okay. scandalous reasons, but just like how people use social media apps and 
how people engage with Instagram or what they're searching. And, and it's fascinating to do, probably illegal, but don't tell anybody. I was going to say, that sounds tad creepy. <laughs> Only when it's busy. I'm not like, you know, when you're kind of wedged up against someone. But uh, what, what I want to go back to, you said about, you know, new information while you were talking about chat GPT, but that you dropped something in there, which was new information to me about this talk that you'll not be able to bid on keywords soon in, in Google ads. Is that what's mo- the way the industry is going? What, what's happening with that? We, oh yeah, you, you've not heard about that. We, yeah, oh, it's, no. it's, a, it, well, it's more, it, to be honest, Google has not uh, like released anything or made any indication towards that, but you know, it's one of those, the way forecasting is a mystery kind of thing, but mm-hmm. You can make guesses, you know, you can be like, mm, based on the journey of what it was like 10 years ago and where we are and what that journey mm-hmm. looks like in the future. We are get we have we have a lot less data to play with. We used to have a lot more in terms of search queries, like even though we were bidding on certain keywords, you know, whether it was broad, phrase, exact, we could always still see the exact search term that came through based on those match types. Even exact right now, I hope I'm not going into too much jargon for no, your no, no. Sorry, listeners. No. Even like exact match, everybody says this is not exact anymore. That's the most famous phrase that came out of like the last couple of years because exact can now bring in a variety of, you know, terms, you know, mm-hmm. and you're like, but I want to only bid on the exact keywords and Google is not even allowing that anymore. And then Google is hiding a lot more search keywords. We'll see like maybe, I don't know, 10, 20% of our search terms. And then there'll be a whole grouping of other. And then it will show mm-hmm. the, the stats for other. And we're like, what is other? And there's this whole, oh, data privacy. We're doing it for data privacy reasons. And, you know, so we've already start, we've already had that happening for a while now. And, you know, they, they very much are pushing using only broad match and and using but like broad match with either Pmax or broad match if you're going to do keywords by using Pmax kind of campaigns or performance max kind of campaigns or um, what's it um, smart bidding so Google mm-hmm. smart bidding um, so is, it, is this model. more of so rather than the old way of doing Google ads would have been to tell it, I want you to bid on A, B, C, and D. Yeah. And these are the, the variables I will give you in terms of bid and uh, and cost and that sort of thing. Yeah. And you'd be very restrictive. What Google's looking at now is a very different ads ecosystem where it's more like, tell us what you want to achieve and just yeah. trust us to do everything else. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's just literally tell us, tell us almost like the theme. Give us the theme mm-hmm. of what you want to bid on. And then... Even the ad copy, you have the ability of like, as well, just give us a thing. We can create ad copy for you. Just give us your landing page. Yeah. We'll create the ad copy based on that. And then nobody likes that. We, a lot yeah, of us go, no. But not even the ad, you know, AI written ad copy. Um, okay. The AI generated videos that it throws up when you use performance max are oh, horrific. Oh, um, wow. Have you seen any of those? I've not seen any yet. I've not seen any yet. I need to investigate that. I need to find out. Okay. So just, just uh, tell me if I get this wrong, but if you, so Performance Max is kind of the new Google, a newish Google product that kind of takes this approach of you give it, set us some parameters, we do everything for you, but it uses the whole Google suite of products, doesn't it? So if you don't yeah. upload video, or it'll then just 
go to your website, look at what you do, use an AI tool to throw this video together. Video and hey, together. presto, you've now got YouTube ads going up. Yeah. Which for some brands might work if you don't have that. But yeah. I've seen some examples of fairly premium brands with some, let's not, let's call them not premium videos being videos. used on YouTube Ooh. ads. And you're just like, Ooh, oh, the brand, you know, me. the brand manager is going to be crucifying somebody. For Honestly. This. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I've seen it in like some like conference talks that I've seen where they've shown us like the example of the videos that, you know, the images that, you know, yeah, the Google has created for PMAX. And I'm like, oh, that's dangerous. That's dangerous. Always make sure you have your assets in place and give it its mm-hmm. access that you want to you want them, the campaign to use. Definitely. So the future of, you know, Google's revenue is still heavily dependent on ads. So you don't see a, um, a, a poor future for this, a negative future. You think it's going to change, but there's still going to be a great future for, for ads, for businesses out there to be able to reach their customers. Absolutely. I mean, we're going to stay digital unless something dramatically changes that we can't foresee right now. Um, like people are still online. People, people like that mobile, you know, connectivity to the world to search for things um i don't think that's that's going to change and it's just about using it well and but one thing that has never changed though is that it's still about what something that we said right at the beginning of this this episode is knowing your customers know your customers know where they are know where they're not don't necessarily be the person where i need to be on every platform i need to be using every 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 new shiny tool um you know, and that's why I love putting these events together. You know, you're talking with human beings who are like, okay, this is what's going on. This focus groups almost sounds like something that's very archaic and something very like old fashioned. I think we should really companies. I hope companies are still doing that. Do your focus love, groups. Talk to people. I love a focus group. If you're not yeah. doing focus groups, my contact details are in the show notes. Yeah. Um, I, I literally, I know I said it on the last episode and apologies to anyone who's listened to the last episode and this one, but I'm going to make the same point. I went to a conference, an e-commerce conference in Athens uh, at the beginning of this year. And mm. I asked the question to the audience during the Q&A, they're asking me questions. I asked them a question. Was like, How many people have spoken to a customer in the last six months? Not read a report, but actually spoken to one. Could have been on the phone, in person, whatever. Um, six people. Six wow. out of 300 people had spoken to a customer. And I'm just like, mind blown by this. Just incredible stuff. So that's why when you started with being a people person, I was like, this is a superpower in your world if you love talking to people and getting out from behind the screen. Yeah. Yeah. Get the feedback. Get the, even if it's like, the talking is more important, but at least base level get get like to send surveys out do do mm-hmm. feedback forms what do you think of how we're doing things what do you think of you know the platform we're on even like in my community group and our whatsapp group I, I i'll do polls every once in a while saying that where should we expand to what what resources do you want because you can just start down a rabbit hole of thinking you know exactly what the customer wants spend hours and a lot of money and a lot of things on like oh we're gonna do this and it's gonna be this shiny new toilet and our customer will love it and it just falls flat on its face flat mm-hmm. and you just because you didn't talk talk to your customers 
did it. Absolutely. Got it. It, uh, it is. It's my, I think if I don't get it tattooed somewhere on my arm, it'll probably end up on my gravestone when I die. You know, but like <laughs> here lies Andy Jarvis. All he ever used to say was talk to your, talk customers. To your customers. And then the day I was born and the day I died and that's it. And that'll be my gravestone. And do you know what? I'd be happy with that. I wouldn't be that mad be about right. it at all. <laughs> Would not be mad about that. <laughs> Amazing. So we, we've kind of been through the googly bit and the techie bit, but now we're going to come back to people, right? So um, you're a, a consultant in this world and, and yes. you work with clients and a, free, a freelancer, however you define yourself. But you work, when you come on to working with an account, what sort of problems do you see fairly regularly with accounts? And, and also, you know, tell us what a good customer looks like. You know, is it account size or or industry or whatever, but what problems do you see when you start working with clients? The biggest problem, the the only thing that really for me separates a good and a bad client, and I'm really glad you asked this question because that is a lot of what I've been talking about on LinkedIn lately, about spotting Mm -hmm. the good and the bad client and what to do, what to promise, what not to promise, you know, that kind of thing. Um, For me, the difference is someone who comes and doesn't necessarily know anything about paid search and they're just like oh i want to be on the google SERP," but they don't know why they don't know they have not necessarily doing anything else in the ecosystem the marketing ecosystem and they're just thinking that you know ppc is this magic wand that's just gonna fix their 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 their, their traffic problem like you know we'll show on google i might find is some google Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> but Google said no sorry yeah sorry. Google the amount of people come to me but Google said told me to turn this on so I turned it on and I just want to slap them from across the <laughs> across the screen um but even with those people what I then go is that look look let's let's take a step back like the only the first thing I'll do with you right now is a training project let's 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 do some basic training one hour training of like what PPC means, what how it works, what you need to be doing before, during, after you've turned your paid search campaign on, you know, what you need to make sure you is in place, the foundation that you need to put in place to ensure that PPC will work. And not even that, to give PPC the best chance. It's not even about ensuring PPC will work. It's about giving PPC the best chance because I'll say this a million and one times, you cannot guarantee clients any results you cannot you cannot say that whoa this is exactly what's going to happen and you know it's yeah it's that that is it that will definitely work but you can put things in place to give paid search a a, a very good chance you need to do be doing seo well to give ppc a good fighting chance you know (laughs) and then you're doing email marketing well that can also inform you know what customers are responding to so that you know what you actually put in terms of the copy of your ppc cro oh my god making sure the landing page that we're sending people to is actually going to convert because clients no longer are all about the clicks that was like 2002 kind of tactics i would just give me the clicks clients want to be like that is what revenue did i get from this click what profits did i get from this click you know everybody's trying to reduce reduce the cost and make sure the revenue is high so to be able to make sure that you are making paid search as efficient as possible there's a loads of different channels that need to be running well 
and need to be informing paid search. So you need to be talking to those departments. They shouldn't just be happening, but you need to be talking to each other to be saying what's working. You might even find that something's wrong in PPC and figure out what the problem is by talking to the SEO team, by talking to email marketing team, by talking to CRO team, and you'll be like, oh, now I know why PPC has gone has, has gone wrong as well. So, sorry, coming back to your question as to, yeah, the difference between a good or bad PPC client is the matter of having a client that will trust you as well, will trust you, that even if they might come with their biases, they will still listen to you, know you to be the good PPC expert that you are and be ready to be educated and understand how, how and understand the things that need to be done before PPC to be given a good chance mm -hmm. to work. Um, the bad clients are the ones who are not willing to listen and who are just going to be bugging you every other day and complaining about everything not working the way they thought it was going to work. So yeah, those kind of people, be careful. <laughs> They're not just bad clients, they're bad people. Anyone who's not willing to listen in any form, you know, facet of their life is usually a person that's going to suck energy out of you. That yeah. just tends to be how it is. Um, yeah. Now, I was told many years ago by somebody in the SEO world, I asked them the question, not on a podcast, just generally in a chat with a beer in my hand. Yeah. Like, what is the biggest, what's the one thing that can have the biggest impact on SEO? And the young lad stood for a minute and thought, and he went, TV advertising. Okay. And uh, do you know what? I think he's right. Brand awareness basically has a big impact on SEO. And it's a couple of years ago, this conversation, but I stand by and anyone who wants to challenge me on that, I'm happy to have that debate about it because it it actually it drives up lots of things. Yeah. What about in, in paid media? It does, you know, does TV advertising or, or kind of, out of home and, you know, kind of old school, traditional advertising channels. Does that have a big impact on, on paid performance? Is that a good, you know, Huge. a good factor? Huge. Um, we would do, I, and I was really lucky to work at an agency where the brand we were working on, they would tell us TV schedules of when their ads were going on TV and without a fail, like we'd see spikes spikes in volume especially impressions because that's the first mm -hmm. thing because all of a sudden someone sees an ad and especially the very intelligent i'd say brands that go in the tv ad search for this and you'll find our brand because all of a sudden you they, you talk to your ppc advertising team saying make sure you bid on that term that we're going to mm -hmm. show on that term that we're going to put in the tv ad and you all oh, we always got an influx of like impressions and clicks uh, you know, as long as we were, you know, very much being integrated, integrate very well with the TV advertising, with your, your paid search campaign and with the landing page, you always get good performance around that. And it could even be, it might not even be the brand. We, there's this guy who's like this famous money saving expert, And I used to work for a financial company. And we'd also, even when he talked about, whenever he talked about, and or like if they they'd work with the with him and you know and they'd be like look we've we've created this thing and if he mentions it in something in one of his programs we'd always see an influx of of performance or volume you know and click throughs to the sites and mostly conversions you know during that time period so 
Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. I, the best branding, you know, I think still is TV and, um, PPC works best when you've got good branding going on. T PPC is cheaper for you, the cheapest for you. If you've got strong branding and strong TV advertising going on for you, absolutely impacts. Definitely. Uh, who, who'd have thought multi-channel marketing w was the way forward, right? I mean, ooh, here we are in 2023. Who'd have thought? Um so look, as we're coming towards the the end of this, I want to ask you a little bit about education. You touched on degrees at, at the beginning, but I also noticed from um, creeping your LinkedIn profile, you've done the mini MBA in marketing with, with Mark Ritson. Uh, I'm a, a graduate of that program too. Yeah, I'm a big yeah. fan and Ritson is previously of this podcast. Um, swore a little bit more than you did, if I'm absolutely honest, but that's okay. <laughs> well, uh, I just feel humbled I'm on the same podcast that Mark Ritson has been on. I'm like, yay, look at me now. <laughs> get, <laughs> you, get you. Um, so, you know, what took you to do that? particular program and what did you take from it the mini mba course um i it was it was something that i took on when i was in, in a cmo role with brain labs and um it really opened my eyes gave me further understanding about multi-channel marketing and the importance of it um really really great with thinking about marketing strategy um, my one of my biggest lessons is, is something that we've said at nauseum at this podcast already. Like, know your customers. He was very big on that. You are not even as a marketer, even if your grandma uses your your the 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 product you're using, you don't know the customer until you ask them. You cannot start guessing on their behalf. And even if you were a customer, I think, I think what was really great is that he said was that even if you were a customer before you became that brand don't assume your personal experience is what now we should be you should be basing the brand strategies on because you just miss out you just miss out you know it's always still important to talk to the customer so i bet you you know you and him will have gravestones next to each other saying the same thing <laughs> <laughs> so not too not too far from in terms of the communicating he was very big on that talk to your customers and do the research first in terms of a brand before you start taking action on yeah. something because you know you need to really do a lot of educating yourself when you start a new role when you start like in terms of being especially in any marketing role no matter the seniority it's very important you really educate as to what needs to be done know the audience know the know the industry well know the demographics well know the marketing trends well no 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 really really educate yourself on what will work before you start implementing stuff he, that's and just knowing how to do that and balancing the different channels well together um yeah I, th those are my huge big takeaways from his course and i and I don't agree with everything Mark Ritson says, but I agree with a lot of it. And, uh, you know, certainly, like you said, that customer centricity of putting them at the heart of everything you do. It is easy to say sometimes, but it, when you're in a busy role in a, in a big company, it can be hard to keep them in front and the customer front and center. But yeah. without them, we have nothing. We literally yeah. have nothing in market. We don't even have a discipline, right? Yeah. Um, you know, the clues in the name, marketing. It's about the the, the market. market. So, yeah, you know, there's a lot of lessons there from um, from Ritson's course. That I, I'm a big fan of it. And if anybody does want to 
ask any questions about it before they sign up for it, give me a shout. I'm happy to talk about it and tell you why I loved it. So what was your what was your biggest lesson from him? Um I think that's a very good thing. I think some of the pricing stuff was probably my favorite uh, element of it. I've no formal training in pricing at all. I've, mm-hmm. I've got a, um, I did marketing a little bit of undergrad. I, I've got a postgrad in marketing and in an undergrad and a postgrad, we didn't even talk about pricing, let alone study it. So it was really interesting for me to look at some of the different ways. I'd kind of been off and read up on lots of different ways of pricing, but having it explained to you, I thought were, was mind-blowing in terms nice. of some of the ways you can approach pricing, um, especially in a consumer world. I think in B2B, there's still a little more of a... Yeah. Let's have a guess and see. Yeah, okay, we think we can charge that. But I certainly, that consumer type of approach to it was my probably my big takeaway from the whole program. Yeah. I think what I... I, I yeah, you're very right. I almost forgot about that in terms of like his, his module on pricing, but... One thing I also took away from that, what he talked about is that is, you know, how he came up with the pricing for the mini MBA and how he did research and he mm-hmm. did the whole, you know, talked to, looked into what other like and what MBAs were actually charging, what other mini MBAs were charging and like all the, that kind of yeah. stuff. Talk to the customer, do your research, know what, what they're going to pay for. And if you get the price point right, you will always get more customers. And did you do the quick calculation after you did that module or while he was talking where you punched in the number of people who've done the mini MBA by the amount he's charged and go, oh, that's a big number, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, no, yeah, dude, yeah. You know, there's, yeah. there's a there's a lot of work. It's a bit like when, when you hear, um, uh, you know, concerts and artists and music, musicians, and you're like, Ed Sheeran sold out, you know, 75,000 people at Wembley at 150 quid a ticket. You do the maths and you're like, Ed Sheeran's made a fortune. You go, well, yeah, but there was 400 people working on the show. There's the higher cost. There's a, you know, yeah. you've got all that to come out. But still, the big number, the top number was a big number. It's, um, yeah, it's impressive, an impressive number, definitely. Yeah, and fair, you know, fair play. There's a lot of work goes into it. And, and more importantly, I think a lot of value comes out of the other end. A yeah. lot of value. So I, I've, uh, it felt like well, really Ed, good investment. Ed Sheeran concerts or the, the Mark Ritson and Beanie and Um, Well, I, I'm going to dance with my eyes closed <laughs> around that question. <laughs> and uh, you little Ed Sheeran reference for you there, listeners. Uh, this is where I've just gone full Alan Partridge. So no, I meant Alan, I meant <laughs> Alan Ritson, Mark Ritson. Anu, what have you done to me? Oh my God, what has <laughs> happened? What just happened? <laughs> I hope you're not editing this out. This day. No, no, we'll not edit this out. We'll leave this in and just let it be the disaster. We might even use this bit in the promo for the episode, (laughs) if we're absolutely honest. Um, Alan Ritson, Mm -hmm. my goodness. Anyway, right, quickly move on, save myself. Before we finish and before I go and jump in a cold shower and try and save the rest of this episode, tell me a book you think people should read or a resource you would direct people to to find out more about marketing. It doesn't have to be about PPC. It could be marketing. Or it could just be a book that's really influenced you. We've had everything as diverse as some really great marketing texts like How Brands Grow through to Otto Lenghi's uh, cookbook. We, we've had everything and everything yeah. in between. So yeah. any book that's really had an influence on you that you think people should read? Um, a book that I recently, and for me, it's more like I'm in the audibles, but whether you listen to the audiobook version or read the book, um, my favorite like marketing related book that I've read is by Rand Fishkin, Lost and Founder. 
And from the name, you might think to yourself, oh, Anu, that's just the founders. No, it is not. If you actually, as an employee, want to understand the pressures and all the thought process that a founder takes and where, why it might look, even though I'm not giving any excuses for founders who do it, but some founders, you see that you, they, they might seem like they're not, you know, pay attention to their employees' needs and they really should, you know. If you really understand the what is going through a founder's head um, in the way that Rand has has expressed it, he shares the salary brackets that he's taken from his companies. He is so transparent in what he shares in this book um, that I think everyone should read it, whether you're a founder or you're a hopeful founder or you're someone who's the employee of a company and you just want to understand why some founders think the way they do and why they might seem so stressed but you don't see what they're doing and you're like, oh, I'm the one that does all the work. Why are you stressed? Read this book. You'll understand why some founders just look stressed and why, you know, it's really important to sometimes, yeah, put your shoes into, in, 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 you know, put yourself in someone else's shoes for a minute and just realize it's not easy being a founder. It's a lot of, it's a, it's a, it's a big shoulder. Um, you're carrying a lot on your shoulders and, you know, with home life that happens, those that, that doesn't escape. Um, he shares about the influences that his home life has had on his work. Mm -hmm. And it's like everybody, our home lives, home lives affect what we do, how we perform some days. And for most founders, you're not allowed to have a weak moment. You're not allowed to have a day off. It's your business. You started this. You need to be on top of it every day. So yeah, Lost and Founder by Rand Fishkin. Definitely read it. Very eye-opening into the world of being a founder. Excellent. And did Rand read the audiobook or was that somebody else who he read the did. audiobook? He did. He did. It was oh. brilliant. See, I, I loved that. I loved that. That was the, one of my favorite things. It was like Rand telling me his story. So it's like Rand telling you his wow. story. It's love it. No, I, I can't listen to audiobooks because I, I switch off. Like, I, you know, like I said, my mind suddenly disappears and all of a sudden I'm like 25 minutes after oh, what's just happened. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, I am. I'm awful for that. So I, I read the book. Uh, Rand also of this parish. He's been on the podcast. I'll put a link in the show notes but do get the book i read the book and it was fantastic but yeah i'm now might go and listen to rand reading that because that'd be fantastic absolutely yeah exactly i think you'll find a bring it'll bring a different perspective on different you it's kind of you, you kind of love the guy a bit more you're like oh grand oh <laughs> a little bit you've read the book you know what i mean yeah. he has some chapters really, yeah. that really hit oh, you right yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's hard. It's beautifully written, but you know, uh, it's hard hitting and and um, and really insightful. So you're right, absolutely brilliant book. So it's uh, yeah, it's in the list, and there's a link in the show notes if you want to click and go and buy it. So that'd be great. Anyway, Anu, thank you very much for your time. It, it's been wonderful fun. having you on the podcast. At last, I suppose it's been a while before I decided to get yeah. you off, but thank you. <laughs> And, and how do people contact if anyone wants to get in touch about the events or anything uh, how do they get in touch with you what's the best platform my platforms are linkedin and twitter yes i'm still on there no matter how frustrating they can be um but yeah just get me on my, on my name there um anu adekbola or at my handle at the marketing anu um, my first name and um yeah i'll i'll, I'll sneakily bring in a plug here the next event is on october 26th so this i, I um you said um that, that this episode should come out before then before so then, yep. yeah yeah so Excellent. go get your tickets at this stage the ticket prices will only be 20 pounds um yeah we'd love to have you there even if you're just a, a novice at ppc please please come and join us we'd love to help you out and 
this is not like sales pitch this is not people trying to be like you know buy you into ppc this is really we want to people to understand why ppc is important and why it fits into the mm-hmm. marketing sphere perfect well look we um i'll put a link to that in the show notes as well so you can just click nice. the link go and buy a ticket and if you can go do go because they're amazing events i haven't been but i've been asking about them and i'm told they are fantastic so amazing. brilliant um anu anu bola thank you very much for your time my pleasure thank you very much andy